Hello, I'm Sarah Simi and this is Full Out. Um, today's magazine is March the 13th, 1976. It's just OK magazine. There's no OK and high bit, just OK. And I've got a rather sad magazine this um this time it's it's very, very frayed at the edges. Sometimes they're in such perfect condition. I can't believe that they've lasted 50 years. But this one is feeling its age a little, as am I. Um, anyway, some of the strap lines on the front cover are selfish, unromantic, untidy, moody. That's the way boys are. <laughs> What's your biggest groan about boys? And will your love last? A special quiz for you. And plus, when's old enough? Old enough. For what? <laughs> we don't know. We shall find out. So, cracking straight in. This is, because this is OK Magazine, this is, um, format is slightly different than me, so we haven't got the um, inner front cover ad, unfortunately. Um, so let's find out, I think, will our love last? I think this is important to find out. So, <laughs> let's find out. Will your love last? Number one, go and have your hairstyle totally um, totally changed without telling him or imagine it all. Then ask him what he thinks. That doesn't make sense. Does he say, A, what a mess. B, I'll get used to it. C, perfect. D, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> uh, two, how does his hand feel when he is holding your hand? A, lifeless. Is he dead? <laughs> B, warm and firm. Well, I'd say that was the winner. <laughs> C, a grip of steel. <laughs> or D, questioning. <laughs> What's a questioning handhold? That really does raise more questions than it answers. Number three, how many of the following does he have for you? A, a pet name. B, a special wink. <laughs> C, a secret sign language or a telephone ringing code oh I love the telephone ringing code like so three rings to say something number four are his, <laughs> are his parents A, hostile <laughs> B, anxious and concerned about you C, blandly friendly D, don't know them, never met them <laughs> When oh this is classic. What do you think he would say if you asked him to give up smoking, drinking, and swearing? <laughs> oh, all the things he did in the seventies. Fantastic. A. You first. B. I'll try. C. Why? D. Unprintable. So he's not giving any of those up in a hurry. <laughs> Eight, you ring him up and when he answers, you just say, guess who? What is his reaction? <laughs> A, Lindsay DePaul. <laughs> uh, B, I don't know. C, it's you. D, wrong number. <laughs> Dear. And then this, this just took me back, so I'm reading this one out. Tick off whichever of the following he has. A bank account, a savings account, a bottom drawer. 
or, or and sorry, or D, all your old love letters. Oh, a bottom drawer. That's what you popped all the things that you were going to take with you into married life. <laughs> oh, how lovely. Um, also on this page are the okay, there's some like okay gossipy bits and then some okay messages. Um, I was particularly drawn to the okay messages today. <laughs> It's just some random, random stuff. This one, Paul McCartney. You are wonderful and you're also beautiful and I love you even though you're married. And that's from a Paul McCartney maniac. I fear Paul McCartney may have had a restraining order against her. <laughs> Urgent appeal. To the person who wrote the poem for James Dean, 1931-1955, which was published in the December the 20th issue last year, please get in contact with me. Jane, Breed Place, Breed, East Sussex. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> oh, Jane's got a sudden desire to get in contact with someone who wrote probably a fairly crap poem about James Dean. Um... This one was intriguing. How about a smile? Stan and Martin, we love you. And couldn't you make it more than just a smile next time? Love, Lynn and Alison. Well, I wonder what they're after that's more than a smile. <laughs> this one is titled Karen Quigley. <laughs> Anyone know Karen Quigley who moved house in September? <laughs> At the time, I didn't know her well. Tell her to write to me, because I think she was a wonderful friend to me. She knows my address. Oh, <laughs> this, this parrot, parrot, 51 Carfield. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, Lord. <laughs> this one. <laughs> this sounds like the beginning of a song. Um, in a musical, but anyway, this yeah, the title is "To Two Wonderful Sailors." Jimmy Dodds and Derek Keenum. <laughs> when we went out with them, they gave us wonderful times. If anyone knows them, please tell them we love them. <laughs> I'll go straight for it. And would they contact us at twenty-seven Island Way, <laughs> Waterlooville, Hants? Love, Julie and Kim. P.S. Derek lives in Sunderland. <laughs> Their ship is MHS Ark Royal or Drake. <laughs> oh, God, you'd forgotten how difficult it was to actually find people. <laughs> I'm sure that Jimmy Dodds and Derek Keenum could have been found in seconds on the internet now. Back in the day, <laughs> you had to write to OK Magazine. So we're on to the article that was flagged up on the front cover, which was um, uh, basically sort of, that's the way boys are. Okay, they drive us bananas, but what makes you mad at them? <laughs> it's going to be quite a lot, I think, judging by the very text-heavy article. Um, so it's just like lots of girls talking about what they don't like about boys, because <laughs> it's fairly obvious, really. Um, so we'll crack on with this. A lot of you boys are too possessive. <laughs> what Deirdre Dyer 
um, hates is the way I have to explain myself to my boyfriend. If I'm five minutes late, he goes on at me. Why am I late? Where have I been? Who have I seen? It's very annoying when boys are very possessive, but you don't expect, but you don't expect you to be like Judith Duff's boyfriend. It's quite all right for him to fancy other girls, she seethed, but I'm not supposed to mind when he says, mm, she's got a nice figure. <laughs> or why don't you get your hair cut like that? And it really makes me cross when we walk down the street and he keeps turning around to look at the girls. Oh no, it makes me feel like an old bag. Oh, fancy describing yourself as that. But if I happen to mention that some bloke is good looking, then he goes all sulky. <laughs> some boys even resent if you've got a favourite pop star. I think Les Gray is fantastic, Jenny Wilde, 16, told us. But my boyfriend gets furious if I talk about him. It's stupid, really, because I obviously can't have Les Gray. It's just that I think he's great. My boyfriend even gets angry if I play Mud's records. <laughs> When we were on, when they were on nearby, he wouldn't come with me to see them. In fact, I went with a friend, but he didn't want me to go. <laughs> he sounds like horrible, horrible boys. Next bit. Dirty nails and dandruff. That's what I can't stick, explained Corin Hills, 17. I think it's awful when you go out with a boy and he's got car grease under his nails. <laughs> And his hands are all hard and horny. I think she just means that they've got rough skin. Don't think that means anything else, but could be wrong. Hard and horny. And I hate it when they've got dandruff on their, all over their shoulders. It really puts me off more than anything. I don't want to go near them in case I catch it. And spots, that's another thing. If you're kissing someone and put your hand on his neck and it's all spotty, ugh, smelly feet. <laughs> was a one girl who wished to remain anonymous, would say. <laughs> this is so funny. The way boys dress is a popular grouse too. Bicycle clips. <laughs> Said Theresa Mason with feeling. Can't stand boys who wear bicycle clips. <laughs> I went out once with a boy who seemed all right till the evening when he put on his clips. Well, that was it. It turned me right off. I don't think that's pertinent just to the 1970s. Teresa's sister Angela had loads to say on the subject of clothes. Boys in short trousers get me. How old is he, five? You know, a couple of inches above the ankles, and I don't like stacked heels either. Oh, God, a stacked heel. Um. Yeah, there's some. I tell you, if you read read this article, I don't think you would have gone out with any boy in the seventies. But um, this, but Leslie Cork thinks her boyfriend makes too much fuss about the way she looks. Peter's always grumbling about my clothes and my hair. He hates short hair, and when I had mine cut in the summer, he wouldn't take me out for a few days. <gasps> I like looking fashionable, but it's really difficult because he doesn't like things like tight trousers. I think they look great, but if we see a girl wearing them, he says, I hope you're never going to walk around like that. Oh, dear. Once you've been going out with them for a while, most boys stop being affectionate, if they ever were. <laughs> oh, my wordy. 
And then one of the last complaints, <laughs> which made me laugh at that point, was again, boys always drink too much. <laughs> Grumbled Morag, 18. They just can't hold their drink. It's disgusting when you're out with a boy and he gets really drunk and starts pouring you. <laughs> I once went out with a boy who did that. When I kept pushing him away, he got really rude. I had to sort of drag him home and he was sick on the way back. <laughs> I'm just onto a page called What's Okay, where they pick out things where it's okay or it's not okay to do certain things this one is it's okay to wear warm bright colored leg warmers <laughs> definitely for chilly days in 1976 there's a lovely illustration of a girl wearing said leg warmers although we won't ever know if they're colored leg warmers because it's a black and white illustration <laughs> um, it's not okay to wear tons of thick makeup this year's look is natural, so stick to it and you'll be noticed. Um, it's okay to have pierced ears because there are lots of super earrings about. <laughs> and there's a lovely illustration of a girl wearing said earrings. <laughs> and it's okay to do exercise every day. <laughs> Get super fit for summer, okay? Considering this... Um, this magazine <laughs> was in was in March. Got quite some time to get super fit for the summer. Anyway, it's okay and it's not okay. That's good. Uh, moving on, we're on to the first of the problem pages. Hooray! Um, yeah, this this is this is quite an unusual combination today. <laughs> Uh, so let's crack on. I like her so much. I'm in love with a woman teacher. She's slim, pretty, kind, and she teaches me for the first lesson on a Monday morning. And whenever she sees me, she says hello, which makes me like her even more. Bless. My friends are always saying what nice clothes she wears and how pretty she is, which makes things even worse. Oh, that's Jane. Well, I wonder. We don't know who's answering this. Um, <laughs> let's get into the answer. You didn't tell us how old you are, but from your letter, you don't sound that old. So we don't think that you so much love this teacher as perhaps admire her and like her a lot. When you were quite young and not all that sure about yourself, people who are poised, confident and good looking can raise all kinds of feelings, including admiration, affection and sometimes with some people a bit of envy. And if these people who seem so attractive notice you and are kind to you, that makes you like them even more, doesn't it? So don't worry, your feelings are quite natural and probably some of your friends feel the same way but just haven't admitted it to anyone. <laughs> Well, it's kind of glossed over. <laughs> glossed over it, really. <laughs> uh, next one. How can I find him? I met a boy on holiday called Dave. He is 16 years old and he lives in Hevel Hempstead. He was on holiday with his friend Kev and Kev's parents. We had our photos taken and I'll keep it forever. That's all I know about Dave. I don't even know his surname. And I've tried everything I can think of, but I've had no luck. Perhaps you can help me. Mandy in Northampton. I'm not sure there's much chance. 
Oh, we wish we could, Mandy. But unless um, some happy incident happens and you meet up with Dave again, we can't think of any way for you to track him down. <laughs> Hemel Hempstead is quite a big place. And unless he sees this letter, has your name and address and would like to get in touch with you, then there isn't much chance of him contacting. <laughs> of contact. Still, at least you've got a happy memory and a memento of your last holiday. And that's something. <laughs> I think she was hoping for a lot more than that. But <laughs> oh, dear. This one is, is it really my fault? <laughs> last Saturday, Dave and I went to the... <laughs> Everyone seems to be called Dave during this. Dave and I went down to the local disco. And one of my old boyfriends, Andy, came up and asked me to dance. Dave told him to get lost. Andy said something back to him, back to Dave, and Dave punched him in the mouth. Oh. Then all Andy's gang jumped on him. Oh. Now Dave is in hospital with a broken arm and fractured ribs. Oh. And I feel as if I am to blame. And none of Dave's friends will speak to me. Please help me. I don't want to lose Dave. I'm depending on you. It's Jackie in London. Big place, London. Oh, if it is of any consolation, we don't think you were to blame. Unless, of course, you'd egged anyone on or piled in yourself. And I'm sure, and we're sure you didn't do anything of the sort. These things do happen and the main blame really should lie with those hot-headed, rather aggressive boys who let a rude incident develop into a fight. It's difficult, but in these situations, unless someone is brave enough to back down, they can develop into nasty, serious brawls just like this. And it's all too easy to let someone else take the blame. Like you. Don't worry about Dave's mates. They'll come round to seeing that it isn't your fault, especially if Dave doesn't blame you. Why don't you go along and see him in hospital? Wouldn't you have done that already? And take him a really super present to show him how much you're sorry for what happened. But we really do think that gangs of boys who attack one lad who is on his own should be thoroughly dealt with. It is bullying of the worst sort. Quite. <laughs> uh, this one is... Uh, uh, should I tell them? <laughs> oh, and I so want to know what the band is. Should I tell them? My boyfriend plays in quite a famous group and I'm very worried about him. We are very close and he likes me to travel with him. But just lately, he has been terribly quiet, withdrawn and irritable with the other boys. And I persuaded him to tell me what the problem is. He made me promise not to tell anyone. But can you help? Or do you want to know? I want him. His problem is his nerves. Oh, he says they're getting worse all the time. And on days when there is a gig in the evening, he hardly eats a thing. He doesn't usually smoke, but he gets through 20 to 30 cigarettes before he goes on stage. Well, that's quite a lot. He gets in such a state that we stay away from the other members of the group and I try to calm him down. He thinks that if the others found out, they'd chuck him out. But I'm sure they wouldn't. He begged me not to tell them and he won't see a doctor. Should I tell them or not? That's candy in Glasgow. Well, that narrows it down. Is it a Scottish band? It's famous, but we don't know. Uh, the answer is, this is a big problem, especially as it involves someone else other than you. It's always more difficult to persuade others to do something than to take the right action yourself. We think you'll probably need to get help with your boyfriend. 
the group is almost certain to have someone to look after their interests, such as a manager or an agent. And he might well be able to help you more than the other boys. If not, or if you feel that you could um, that you could approach someone like that, you could see a doctor yourself and explain the situation to him. But in the long run, pills and medicine only disguise a situation like this or help over a short period of time. If your boyfriend is suffering from strain and can't cope at all with his way of life, it really might be best if he looks for another type of job. <laughs> Perhaps still in the entertainment industry, but with a bit less strain attached. <laughs> and lastly, can they stop me? I'm 16 in February and I want to go and I uh, want to go to a model school or college when I leave school. But my parents won't let me. They said they'll disown me if I did. Can they do anything about it? Or do I go? Um, they Can they do anything about it if I do go to a model school? And can they stop me in any way? And that's Anne from Northumberland. I wonder if Anne ever did get to be a model. There's so many unanswered questions. Anyway, the answer is, if you are under 18 years of age, you're, you are, strictly speaking, under your parents' protection and control. But in practice, when you are almost your own boss, when you are, you are almost your own boss when you are 16. But we sure you don't want to antagonise your parents any more than you want to lose them. Talk to them and try to reach a compromise. One such idea might be for you to train for a career when you leave school so that you have something to fall back on if your modelling ambitions don't come to anything. Oh, well, very sensible and rather dull advice. Um, just stopping at an ad for Quartel Spunlight dresses. <laughs> it's a whole page, a whole black and white page at of girls dancing in a disco in their <laughs> quartel spunlight dresses. <laughs> uh, Monique and Cecile come all the way from Paris to buy theirs. How far away do you live? I don't know if that makes sense. No matter how far you travel, quartel spunlight is worth it. It's a new lightweight double jersey, easy to care for, resist, resist creases, Feels soft and comfy, and it swings and flows when you do. You'll like it, and the clothes made in it. <laughs> oh, and you can get them from Topshop. There's an early little Topshop logo there. Oh, delightful outfit. You can really get the feel of them with that black and white photograph, can't you? <laughs> oh, dear. Right, moving on. <laughs> moving on to OK, You Said It, which is when... Um, people can reply to previous letters and get very angry about things. <laughs> so this is, yeah, so we don't know what the previous letter was, but it's just someone being really angry. This one is called Cliff's Alright. Oh, Cliff Richard has popped up again. Cliff's Alright. I've been trying to keep quiet about this, but I just can't. Just who does Sammy, Sally Connell think she is saying that Cliff Richard is past it? Actually, Sally Connell is the woman that writes the articles about fancying all the men. So it's obviously where this popped up. In her words, he may have been wonderful 10 years ago, but in my words, he's still wonderful and can knock the spots off any group or person today. 
he must still be in demand too. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had his own TV series or been asked to go on shows as a guest star, etc. So there, Sally Connell, Cliff's all right with me. That's Kay Mulligan, Little Borough. <laughs> very angry. A lot of people are very angry. <laughs> this one is so badly behaved. In reply to people who get mad when people criticise the BCR, the City Rollers, I would like to say that if people can say they like the BCR, then others can also say they don't. I would also like to know why so-called BCR fans cause vandalism and behave riotously at concerts when they should be listening to their idols' music. Gosh, she's angry, isn't she? This one is rather sweet. Food prices rising. I really do think that we're all going to be much more diet conscious this year, whether we want to be or not. How This is really sweet. How can our mothers and fathers afford to feed us the normal everyday foods as if the price of them keeps rising so steeply? It's going to be impossible. So couldn't we all, oh, this is such a sweet letter. So couldn't we all save our parents some money by cutting out foodstuffs like potatoes, sweets and cakes, all getting more expensive every day as well as fattening and bad for the skin. And then we'd all be a lot happier and very much more healthy. And that's T. Brooks in Gillingham. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we've had enough anger, I think, for now. Um, uh, on to the next page, which is the aforementioned Sally picking out her favourite fellas. Um, there's a bit of a bit of an alert um, that she's going to pick out Prince Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, but for now, she's talking about Burt Reynolds. If I'd have been Burt Reynolds in 1976, I would have sued Sally. <laughs> Can I just say? Anyway, Burt Reynolds, here's a nice picture of Burt Reynolds with his famous moustache, looking very handsome. Anyway, this is what Sally's written about Burt Reynolds. It's not very nice. One person I definitely won't be giving the eye to this leap year is Burt Reynolds, because between you and me, he gives me the pip a bit these days. I think some butch fellas... Like good old Telly Savalas, for instance, are really hunky. But Bert's just about gone over the hill in my book anyway. He's let his face get too podgy. Sally, how rude. But that doesn't stop him being a terrific actor. And I and quite a laugh into the bargain. Oh, all right. I saw him a couple of weeks ago in a really funny film called Lucky Lady. Don't miss it, because it's one of the best around at the moment. It's all about rum running, smuggling illegal booze in America in the 1930s. So all the locations, sets and clothes are fantastic. Oh, as well as Bert, it starts, stars Gene Hackman, who must be one of the finest actors around at the moment, even if he isn't much of a heartthrob. Oh, Sally, all right. And just as an extra bonus, keep your eyes open for Robbie Benson, who plays Billy. He's a real honey, and I hope we get to see lots more of him soon. Goodness, Sally. <laughs> Honestly, I think I would have sued Bert if I had been Bert Reynolds. He's let his face get too podgy. Uh, right, Prince Andrew alert. <laughs> 
goodness knows what's wrong with me. I must be blind or something. But all these months while I've been going on about Prince Charles, I haven't even taken other royals into consideration. Until the other day, that is, when I spied this picture of the rather divine, simply scintillating Prince Andrew. <laughs> Sorry to push Charlie out of the limelight like that. But when it comes to sheer good looks, Andrew certainly has the upper hand. Of course, hooking Andrew means that, <laughs> rather than Charlie, means that you'll never be queen. <laughs> but I'd be quite happy to settle for princess. And now that Andrew's learnt to fly planes, you could have no end of fun hopping around the place. Oh, God. So watch out, Andrew. We think you're a really OK prince. And it is leap year and all that. That's an unpleasant taste in my mouth now. <laughs> Let's crack on, shall we? Oh dear. This is a quiz. Love a quiz. This is 20 ways to give your boyfriend the push. It's all constantly how to give your boyfriend the push. Anyway, we'll whiz through some of these. Um, number six, if all else, if all other methods fail, simply mention one little word, marriage. <laughs> number nine, if you're feeling um, brave, uh, perhaps if you're feeling very brave, you could be really gutsy and brazen it out the end and have the end with him face to face. This can be as dramatic as it sounds, because if he gets upset, you may feel like retracting your statement. Oh, or worse still, he could try and blackmail you emotionally. It doesn't seem why. Number 10, a nastier version still, and brackets, and this really is horrible. <laughs> is, oh, is to go off suddenly with someone else when, you are, when you're at a party together. <laughs> well, no, that isn't really very nice. Oh, 30, oh, don't wear any makeup whatsoever. What, and then he's just going to get rid of you. 16, start the awful old nagging routine. Even if you can't think what to nag him about, start on really trivial things like, you said you'd mend my record player, so when? No, not next week, tonight. <laughs> oh, and 18, Moan a bit about the way he dresses in a really infuriating way. Say things like, I do wish you wouldn't wear black shirts, darling. Still, they do help to hide your spare tyre. <laughs> so lovely. What weird quiz that was. So, moving on, this is the <laughs> very harsh advice of, hey, fatso. <laughs> God, I can't believe that that's how they titled articles. Hey, Fatso. And can I point out that the girl who's featured in the article is anything other than fat? <laughs> um, I've, first of all, they've got, um, they've got a thing about exercises, um, how, um, how to, to hide your weight. And then at the beginning, there's, I suppose, an early BMI um, thing uh, to work out what weight you should be. I've looked mine up and, and I'm overweight um, by some way, according to their Hey Fatso chart. 
which means that I must avoid fry ups, cream cakes, and sweetened drinks, which I shall do. Um, so this is. <laughs> oh dear. This is OK Cheaters. So this is fashion fiddlers to help you look slimmer than you really are. <laughs> Another one. Always wear vertical stripes. They give you a slimmer outlook. This one made me laugh so much. When wearing a belt, choose a thick one. It helps to hold your tummy in. High slender shoes help to give your feet and legs a slender appearance. Go for baggy trousers as they help to cover up fat thighs. Black is a good colour for making you look slimmer. We know it's not a very okay spring colour, but a black skirt or top can look great teamed with bright accessories. Six, wear the longer length cardigan. It will help if your hips and bottom are a bit big. Seven, avoid low front fronted dresses or tops if your bust is on the large side, size and you're not happy about it. Square necklines help to make it look smaller. <laughs> Always choose dark coloured tights. They make your legs look slimmer. Nine, fat arms. Especially at the top, but better if you wear loose elbow length sleeves. Cover up those fat arms. Ten. But don't worry if you're too much overweight. Because there's lots of pretty long dresses and skirts around to choose from that will hide away that odd bulge you don't want seen around. Ah, oh, dear oh lord and there's a picture of a very very slim girl wearing um a very a very covered up dress which obviously is covering all her enormous bottom which she doesn't have um, there's also at the bottom is he uh, okay here's how to make your face look thinner <laughs> which is yeah um yes uh, applying makeup to make <laughs> it says oh this isn't at all offensive applying makeup properly takes time and practice if you usually end up looking like a red indian then you have applied then you have applied too much face makeup oh my word and it's just all yes cream blushes easier to apply give a nice glow to your cheek Wide faces can be made much slimmer by applying, applying shade under the cheekbones. Find them by smiling in the mirror. <laughs> they are under your smile pad, blending down towards your chin. That can help <laughs> to cut down on the fullness. Apply highlighter to the tip of your nose and chin for a more pointed face effect. Good. <laughs> and then it's telling me to turn over for my special diet, my OK special diet. Uh, which is a whole kind of Monday to Sunday diet. It's quite repetitive and quite dull, but I just wanted to pick out a few things which I think are unlikely to be suggested now. There's an awful lot of cottage cheese. I do remember uh, whenever anyone wanted to lose weight in the 70s, uh, you just ate cottage cheese endlessly. Uh, but yeah, a couple of things on here. The square meal supper. Um, in the morning, you could have a tea with lemon, but n with no sugar. Oh, and that's allowed with each supper. 
Um, some supper suggestions are a grilled herring with mustard <laughs> with a side salad or broccoli. Um, roast lean beef with horseradish or, or roast lean pork with applesauce, no sugar, parsnips, braised onions. Um, and on Saturday, you can have braised liver and onion or braised kidneys in tomato sauce. <laughs> oh, I bet your mouth is watering now. <laughs> anyway, that was a small selection of what you could have as your diet food. Lovely. Oh, it's the last bit of the problems. It's a fact of life. <laughs> this one made me laugh. Not for the, <laughs> uh, not for the problem itself, but why they um, were particularly worried about it. <clears throat> and this is Pat. We've got Pat Grant answering these letters today. I'm so frightened. You see, I have a very embarrassing problem. I have a lot of very dark body hair. It is absolutely everywhere. Worse than any man. I could, I could, I could never have electrolysis used on me for religious reasons. And anyway, I'd never be able to afford it and hair removing cream would take forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what are the religious reasons? Well, Pat's just as confused as us. I must admit your letter intrigued me rather in that I just can't imagine which religion would prevent you from removing your unwanted hair by electrolysis, since I would have imagined it to be more on the lines of a cosmetic service than a medical treatment. Still, you're right about your second point. Electrolysis is rather expensive, especially if you have lots of hair that you would like to have removed. There are other alternatives like shaving, which I wouldn't recommend in your case as it could be very tedious having to repeat it so often. It's rather a nuisance when it starts to grow back too, as it feels rather stubbly and coarse. Small areas of hair are sometimes easy to disguise by bleaching the hairs a lighter shade, and other less permanent methods include um, uh, wax uh, with an abrasive glove. Why don't you invest in some treatment at a reliable beauty clinic and see what they suggest for you? But please don't be frightened. You certainly aren't turning into a rather masculine sort of girl because of your body hair. Lots of girls share your particular problem. Well, I forever am going to want to know what the religious reason is. Um, this one is, in my eyes, my body is fine, down to the knees. <laughs> and I've always been laughed at and called names. Oh, and my one wish in life is to be able to wear dresses. I know surgery can be done to reshape parts of your body. Can anything be done for me? I've just left PE college because I couldn't stand being stared at. Oh, how sweet. I don't know. So her body is fine down to the knees. So what? It's her calves. I don't know. <laughs> and I, anyway, Pat says, I do sympathise with you about this, as life can sometimes be very miserable if we can't come to terms with our bodies. I think your doctor would be the best one to help you with advice or possible treatment for your legs, but I would not have thought that an operation would be possible. She's never watched Botch, has she? Um, I know it can be depressing feeling that people stare at you, but I honestly think the best thing you can do is try and face up to the fact that your legs aren't perfect. I certainly think it's a real shame that you have let this spoil your life to such an extent that you have left college. Oh, I don't, I don't understand how on earth could her legs could be that odd. 
Finally, for it's a fact of life, um, please can you tell me what happens when you first have sexual intercourse? Please don't advise me to buy a book, as we couldn't go out and buy one. <laughs> no ordering off of Amazon in those days. Pat says, sexual intercourse and the relationships which are part and parcel of this are too complicated to go into properly in this column. Oh, Pat, pushing that problem over. So rather than add to your confusion by not being able to answer all your questions, I would rather recommend something to read. She just said she didn't want something to read. <laughs> but you don't have to go and buy anything. OK. If you write to the Family Planning Association Book Centre, enough with the books! She specifically said no books! <laughs> Family Planning Association Book Centre, 29 Mortimer Street, London, W1. They will send you their book list. <laughs> She's taking the piss now. She will send you the book list with a description of the books available and their prices. The books are sent out under plain cover, so no one need know what it is. She specifically said, don't tell me to buy a book. Oh, and Pat's mentioned buying a book about four times. Oh, Pat, I don't think you read that properly, did you now? Oh, we're almost at the end. Um, I just wanted to pick out a couple of very quick things on the um, on the page of what's going on with Rick Sky. Um, various different gossipy bits about different celebrities. We've got Elton John, as ever. I <laughs> just thought I'd read because this is made up. Elton John, Animal Crackers. Elton John bought a new house recently, and as there's nothing better to make a new house more homely than pets, he decided to have an animal week and bought some cuddly creatures. First off was a rabbit called Clarence, then a few donkeys and also a horse, which when I last heard hadn't yet been named. Elton will be alive and kicking here in April when he starts a huge tour of the country. Let's wish him lots of luck and hope he doesn't get hoarse ha by the end of it. <laughs> I can't believe that. And just, um, this is just a quick one. This is called Catch a Cabaret. Noddy Holder of Slade came back from the States, pretty starry-eyed. I've been told that one of his idols over there is Liza Minnelli. Ah, one of my idols too. And that he was sitting watching TV there one evening when her cabaret movie came on. He had a videotape handy, so he taped the movie. And now, while he's over here, he's watching the movie over and over again as he thinks she's um, a real star. He also managed to catch the premiere of her recent movie, Lucky Lady. Oh, isn't that nice? He had a videotape. <laughs> um, so that he could watch Cabaret over and over again. Lovely. <laughs> and uh, just in that OK swap it, um, you know, the, the swap shop bit <laughs> that I often pick things out from. Um, this one, I don't know, it just took me back to the 70s. Um, first of all, there's one. <laughs> this is I have a spring green shadow stick, a violet eye pencil, a rose pearly eyeliner. Eye lightener, sorry, and a brown eyebrow pencil. 
I would like to swap these for white, pink or red nail varnish or any other colour or, or cream eyeshadow. They are all in very good condition and added together come to about 75p. Any offers sent to Ann Johnson, 42, Westdale Gardens, Burnage, Manchester. I'm assuming she used all of the makeup. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, but it was the spring green shadow and the violet eye pencil really took me back. Um, and also, will anyone swap Elvis Presley um, cassette Aloha from Hawaii via satellite for any Rubettes or David Cassidy cassette? <laughs> That's J. Lockwood. 45, Ferring Hill, Ferring Essex. <laughs> Dear. Well, that's it. Which all we've got to do is the back cover, which is a fab, um, fab colour ad, hurrah, which is the end of the 21 day jeans, um, which is all about wearing panty pads by Dr. White's. <laughs> that's it. She's got the most fantastic double denim. In fact, I would call that triple denim as she's got a denim hat, denim jacket and jeans. A lovely combination. Well, I um, hope you enjoyed that. That was OK Magazine for March the 13th, 1976. And I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>